Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Thursday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman, along with a cast of thousands. I mean, our studio and our personnel continues to grow. We're like the Reds right now. We're young and hungry. Except for this seat. Everybody else is young. Right? Paul, good morning. Reed, Hello. Elliot, Who, Jacob, how are we looking? Who's Ellie De La Cruz of, of, of these guys? Because my money is on Jacob. Of us. Okay. So we're like the, we're like the Reds. We gotta, you got to compare us to, to the young guys. Who's All the right. Ellie De La Fair Cruz? Fair enough. I mean, we got everybody in here. We got McLean. You can figure out who that is. You know, right? Sure. De La Cruz, Andrew Abbott, maybe Encarnacion Strand coming up. Everybody okay today? Fantastic. Uh, we are up and rolling, Tom. Everybody can hear everybody. We it's can great. all see each other. The graphics are working. I think we're flawless this morning. Our chat has lost its collective mind. <laughs> Do you blame them, Tom? Lose your mind, Tom. That's not happening. Uh, but we will uh, get to all of this. There are a lot of things to cover here today. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a to 12. P. And you can join us on YouTube. That's the Chatterbox Sports page. If you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman. And you're dialed in. Look, I got to admit, you got to admit, there is a buzz about your red legs right now. It started really with Matt McClain coming up, carried into Andrew Abbott and the way he pitched. And it goes into fifth gear with the arrival of Ellie De La Cruz two days ago. You get the feeling that when these young red legs take the field, they're not backing down and don't quit grinding. They did it again last night as they did the night before. Fell behind in the first, fell further behind shortly thereafter, but once again rally late in walk-off fashion once again to win their third straight game. De La Cruz, he electrified the smallish crowd, more on that later, with his first major league home run. Check it out. Tennis match, golf tournament silence. Anticipation to see what- Oh, goodness! <laughs> the ballpark very spot on there did almost leave the ballpark 458 feet then in the ninth the unlikeliest of heroes will benson came to the plate with a man aboard Some specialness happening here. 
with this ball club and everyone is partaking in the party. I got to tell you, you got to feel good for Benson. I mean, this guy couldn't hit water falling out of a boat when this season started. Look at this reaction when he hit it. Take a look at this. (laughs) That's great stuff. Good for Will Benson. Reds beat the Dodgers 8-6. Look, lots of euphoria. But you can't overlook the fact the starting pitching was once again brutal. The bullpen lights out as they have been here since about the second, third week of the season. Three and a third innings did not allow a single base runner. The Reds will go for the sweep over the big bad Dodgers coming up shortly in afternoon till the 1235. That'll be the struggling, and I say struggling, Graham Ashcraft against future Hall of Famer Clayton Kershaw. After the game, the team will hit the road for a three-city, nine-game road trip that begins in St. Louis tomorrow night, followed by Kansas City and Houston. Cincinnati 29-33 and on the year, five games behind the Brewers in the NL Central. We will get to the rest of the uh, day and night in sports, but let's get right to... The Hall of Famer, Marty Brenneman. Dad, good morning. Good morning, Tom. Uh, everybody in our chat, they're all saying, buy the hype, buy the hype, buy the hype. Is Marty Brenneman buying the hype? Well, I'm buying the hype. I'm buying the excitement that, that exists right now over this ball club. I, I still think I'm more of a realist than most people are because after last night, they have 100 games left. Um they're not even at the halfway point yet. But what I see uh, is is something that is generated by so many of these young players that the Reds have either drafted or have traded for. And I think that's a thing that you can't miss on. Now, you're not talking about guys that have come from other organizations uh, with a, a couple of exceptions. I mean, Will Benson's 24 years old, and I agree with what you said earlier. Uh, in many ways, I'm more happy for Will Benson and what he did last night than I am for Ailey Dela Cruz. Ailey Dela Cruz is a can't-miss prospect insofar as that term applies to certain players. Uh, a lot of things can come into play, but this guy is considered to be, he came up the best prospect in minor league baseball. Will Benson's been up, Will Benson's been down. For him to do what he did last night and do it as emphatically as he did it was uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, still, you know, you have to temper uh, your long-range prospects, long-range meeting now until the end of this 23 season uh, with something, you know, as great as these kids have been. You mentioned the starting pitching, which has been nothing short of disastrous of late. Uh, the ongoing absence of Nick Lodolo, who I still maintain is the best of the three pitchers when he's healthy, and a bullpen that's very suspect. So, but I think this is exciting. I think the fact that there are people who are still saying, you know, we've 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 bought into you for so long and we've been disappointed. Uh, you mentioned the size of the crowd last night. People are gonna. It's gonna take a while to get those people back again. 
Well, since you brought that up, there are other things I want to get to that are more important. But I, but I do want to ask you this because, uh, you know, I think you and I have – I'm not going to say disagree. I, I, I think disagree. Um, you know, I, I've never bought into the notion that Cincinnati is this great baseball town. I think just because you've had baseball longer than any other team uh, doesn't mean that you're a great baseball town. Now, you have to give fans something to want to cheer about and spend their money on to go down and watch them. But just the fact that the Big Red Machine never drew over 2.7 million fans in a season when they had the best team arguably in the history of baseball, to me, that's an upset. But neither here nor yep. there. I still maintain that it, if you're down there in the Reds' offices, Dad, you go 22,000 on the kids' debut, and then you go to 19,000 last night. To me, they're never going to say it publicly. To me, it has to be a disappointment. So I Well, I, I don't know about that. Like okay. I said before, even the coming of Ellie Dela Cruz is not going to change those naysayers in an instant. Oh, okay, the kid's up here, so now we're going to come out, and we're going to come out regularly for the rest of the season. I still think that you're going to have to prove a pretty sizable uh, segment of the Reds' following uh, that this team is definitely on the right path, that what they have uh, preached for the last two years is something that is going to, at the end of the day, come to fruition with an impactful club in the Central Division and in the National League as a whole. Uh, so I just think you're going to have to live with that um, and, and, and hope that what we're watching right now is simply the beginning of something that once it gets to where they want to be, will be continuous and will be relatively long lasting. Okay. De La Cruz comes up two nights ago. Uh, yeah. Then before the game yesterday, uh, some of the media got together. Nick Crawl was down on the field talking to people and all of a sudden, this is something you and I have been talking about back and forth for three, four weeks. Look, this Central Division, it's not any good. It's downright bad. Um, and all of a sudden, you're five games out. You've got all this momentum going. And Nick Crawl didn't say, yeah, we'll make a deal. But he said, I wouldn't rule anything out. Well, I think he said what he had to say. I still maintain reading what his statement was he talked around it. Uh, because he, he alluded to every possible option. That is, you know, making a trade, bringing somebody up from within, uh, activating a player who's not been available. He covered everything. Uh, so I think he answered it in, in a cautious manner, which I think is, is part of Nick's DNA to begin with. Uh, no, make no promises. Uh, leave the door open for the possibility that something could exist in the event that this ball club is very realistically in some type of hunt in the National League Central come the end of July. Um, when you look at uh, – when you look at it, – it's ironic, I, I think. And, and I look, I know it's only a couple days, so I don't want to go off the reservation on this stuff. But, but you and I have also had this conversation. You know, Davey Johnson used to say all the time that, hey, if I have to pick between a pitcher and a position player, I'm taking the position player. If you're talking about making a trade or something like that, because obviously you're getting a guy that plays every single day. When the Cubs built this thing up to eventually win the 2016 World Series, you know, they brought up young offensive stars and then went out and spent some money on pitchers, the John Lester's, the uh, Ariettas of the world, guys like that. Uh, they bring in a role as Chapman to pitch out of their bullpen. Um, 
you know, it, it makes you wonder a little bit with Lodolo out, Green's kind of out again, Ashcraft hasn't been very good, Williamson's eh, you know, Weaver's eh. It, it almost makes you wonder if, 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 if this is starting to resemble that a little bit. Well, I think if I were in Nick's shoes and I made my mind up after consultation with the powers that be that we are going to go out and our priority is going to be um, a pitcher. In all likelihood, a starting pitcher with some experience and, and a, a, a track record that's pretty good and, and a great DNA. Um, at the same time, I think in order for you to reach that decision, I think you have to know that Hunter Green is back on track, that Lodolo is healthy and pitching well, and Graham Ashcraft, for whatever the reason, uh, is, is going to be the Graham Ashcraft that we saw when the season opened. Uh, then, then I think a starting pitcher would, would, would help this club immeasurably. But if all of those pieces to the puzzle are still up in the air, I, I don't know what giving up young prospects that may one day mature into productive major league ball players wearing a Cincinnati uniform is going to help and going to do for this ball club if you got all the rest of these guys still in a very questionable mode. Uh, I don't know. It's a tough call to make. When you talk about, uh, and I've heard a lot of talk the last few days, we talked about it in here. I've heard it on other talk shows in and around town. Uh, but you were there over the last 50 years, including even three years away uh, out of the booth, to see all the big guys, uh, a lot of big guys, who made their debut with all the hype. Um, and, you know, the, the, the two or three most recent that come to mind, whether it's Jay Bruce, whether it's Homer Bailey, uh, I thought Aroldis Chapman making his debut was a huge deal around here. But you go back to the Eric Davises and even before him, the Barry Larkins and so on and so forth. Is Cruz's the biggest as far as just hype and pub and, and maybe all that's just because of social media in addition to just media coverage? Tom, I got to be honest with you. In a half century, um, come September the 26th, it'll be 50 years, that I have had affiliation with this ball club. And somebody asked me this very question yesterday. I cannot remember anybody getting the kind of hype that this kid has gotten. Now, I think you have to remember um, when you talk about when you start to compare uh, by way of naming other players that have come up in the past with this team, I don't think that there's ever been a player, uh, certainly in, in my time uh, affiliated with a ball club, that was considered to be the number one prospect in minor league baseball come to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you know, you mentioned Eric and Barry and all these other guys that have come up in the years in which I've been around the club. I don't think any of those guys were considered to be the single finest prospect potentially in minor league baseball today. So I think that goes along with the hype uh, that that uh, uh, Ellie Dela Cruz uh, brings to the table as the newest member of the Cincinnati Reds. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see him come up here and then, uh, you know, walk his first time up two nights ago, then double into the gap and right center his second time, walk again. And then last night, I don't know that I've ever seen a guy go around the bases as fast as he did on the three base hit. And then a monster home run, which people in Louisville and around the uh, Southern League or uh, International League 
have been accustomed to watching throughout the course of this season? The answer, and again, again in a word, is no. I've never seen a kid so hyped in coming to this ball club. Um, as far as, you know, what's next, and, and I know De La Cruz just got here and, and, and he hadn't even been here 48 hours yet, but, you know, as good as De La Cruz's numbers were down there at AAA Louisville, uh, Encarnacion strands are every bit as good and in some cases better. Uh, you have Steer who's playing well, Votto's on a rehab, You've got the whole kind of revolving thing as a designated hitter. They've even mixed Indian McLean into that role here the last couple of nights since De La Cruz came up. I mean, do you keep the train rolling from Louisville and bring him up here? Well, I think in, in Encarnacion Strand's case, uh, you're right. His offensive numbers across the board are probably better than De La Cruz's when he came up. But the one thing that De La Cruz has going for him that uh, Encarnacion Strand doesn't is that Encarnacion Strand's weakness is his defense. Uh, now, how much he's improved since the season began in Louisville? Uh, how much time he spent as a DH and away from the field? Uh, I don't know. But I know that in spring training, there was a concern about where in the heck they were going to be able to play him uh, once he got to the major leagues. I guess the simplest thing would be first base. Well, you already got a long jab at first base right now, uh, uh, not this moment, but you're going to have when Votto comes back, if he comes back, because Strand has done a very, very nice job. I mean, uh, uh, Steer has done a very nice job over there. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Encarnacion Strand. The thing about it is this kid, uh, Maybe he has nothing else to prove offensively in the International League. When you look at his numbers, you scratch your head and say, I don't know what more he can do. Right. Uh, yep. and, and I saw him in spring training, and I mentioned this to you uh, way early in the season on this program. Uh, the first spring training game I saw uh, this past March, or maybe it was the end of February, he hit Three balls in one game, harder than anybody I've ever seen hit a baseball in one game in three straight trips to the plate. Um, he can hit. There is absolutely, unequivocally, no question about his ability to hit. Now you got to find a place for him to play. Well, you know, I, I think ultimately, and you tell me if you agree or disagree with this, but, but if I had to look into a crystal ball and I don't have one, I lost it and never had one. Um, I think ultimately you're going to have to make a decision if you're the Reds. Uh, and, and the only way to truly make a decision is to get the guy up here. They're going to ultimately have to decide, um, I think, between Steer and Encarnacion Strand. Uh, because, uh, you know, although, you know, you, you bring up about the defense about Encarnacion Strand. Everybody said Steer couldn't play third base when they were watching him in spring training. And then once the regular season began, he started playing pretty well down there. Now they moved him Not off bad. there when Senzel came in. And everybody agrees that Senzel's a, be a better defender down at third. He's out right now. But it just seems to me that ultimately – um, you know, with, with, with the group of, of India and, and De La Cruz and McLean and, and that whole bunch and how it's going to shake out, um, that Encarnacion Strand, you're going to have to find at bats for him down there either at first as a designated hitter and, and then figure out who you like better between him and Steer, I think. Well, I mean, it, all, that statement right there is operating on the assumption that Joey Votto is not going to play. 
And well, I, I guarantee I, I, you. I, I, want to, I want to interrupt you there for a second here because I think that, you, you, I mean, you're spot on on this. And th- th- this is like the elephant in the room, right? That's I mean, correct. Because you've got, and you, you've got this legendary player, one of the greatest players in the history of the franchise. He's in the final year of his contract. You have the sentimental atta- attachment with Votto and so many thousands, hundreds of thousands maybe of fans. And, you know, I mean, are you going to bring him up and sit him down if he gets to that point where he's ready? Are you going to bring him Not up and just put him in there? I mean, what do you – and how is he then going to handle all that? I know it's all speculation, but if you're Nick Crawl and the baseball people, you have to at least be paying attention to this possibility. Cool. Are you kidding me? I guarantee you they're paying attention to it, and they're scratching their head and wondering what the hell they're going to do. You're not going to bring Joey Votto back to this club uh, when he's ready to come. And I agree 100%. You let him give you that word. You let him give you the direction that I'm ready to come back. My body is ready to play. I'm ready to be a productive player. You don't put pressure on him. His career has been such that you owe him that. But you're not going to bring him up here and sit him on the bench. He is going to play. Now, whether they plug him into the DH role initially and, and, and you know, uh, Spencer Steer continues to man first base on a regular or semi-regular uh, position or lineup situation, and we're not even talking about Encarnacion Strand right now, but Joey Votto is going to get at bats, whether it be as a DH or whether it be as a, uh, as a first baseman. And you're going to have to live with whatever you see. And whatever you see will be a determining factor in how much or how little he plays after he's been in the lineup and has shown you what he is able to do right now. Well, you know what? Look, it's a good problem to have at the end of the day because, uh, you know, talent wins games. I mean, you've got to have Correct. desire. But, 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 I mean, the Reds have talent and 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 de la cruz only two days it certainly is overshadowed in my opinion the bigger story on this reds team i think the biggest story on this reds team is the way mclean is playing yes matt mclean uh is an aberration as far as i'm concerned because he's come to the big leagues he immediately started to contribute he immediately gave you the impression I've been here for 10 years. He never missed a beat. He never showed any weakness, at least up to this point. And I don't know any reason why it would start now that maybe, you know, he was such a great player in college and a great player in our system and forced us to bring him up maybe earlier than we wanted to. But at the same time, uh, now we're seeing him at the big league level and there's some chinks in the armor. There are no chinks in this kid's armor. He can play. And he's going to be a major asset to this franchise. Uh, God forbid anything would interrupt this show that he's putting on right now, for want of a better term. I think it's very impressive what he's done. I think in the excitement generated by De La Cruz and, and uh, Andrew Abbott's great debut in the big yep. leagues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, people can't forget about the steady contribution that Matt McClain has made to give you the impression he's been around here forever. All right, we're going to get off topic here for a second because I want to get your opinion on a couple of things that we've been uh, kind of batting around here last couple of days with Paul and with, and with Reed and Dad. Say hello to Elliot and Jacob, 
They're part of the team here now as well. Guys, say good morning well, to the Hall of Famer. How are you, Marty? How, How are you doing? doing? I'm all right. Thank you for asking. All right, Dad, here's the scenario. Bear with me for a second, okay? Tracy okay. Jones laid out this scenario the other day, uh, uh, and I want to lay this out to you, and then will they follow up? Okay. I got to blow my nose on this. Okay, no Go problem. Ahead. No problem. Go ahead. There is, there is uh, a guy that Tracy Jones allegedly knows. His mother just passes away. His mother. Tom, I know his... all about this. All right, you Let me know interrupt about... you. Okay, so the I woman that, that gets hired, right? She finds fifteen. And we're going to do a radio show on it. We're going to do a radio show on this. Okay, and I asked these four young uh, private school liberal elites what they would do. All four the said money. they they would take the fifteen grand, stuff it in their pocket. <laughs> I said, and so did Tracy said, no chance, I'm giving it back to the guy. What would Marty Brenneman do if you were the one being hired to clean out that house? I'd give the money back. Okay, now let me ask you this. Who are you more upset with? Because I, we were talking about this before the show. I am livid with whoever this guy is, okay? It's not his 15 grand. He's getting ready to sell his mom's house, according to Tracy, for $2 million dollars which also Correct. isn't his money, right? And he gives this woman who's struggling to pay the rent $700? Yeah. That's a weak, that's a, that was the weakest part of the entire story. Although, um, this is the son of the man who died. And he's selling the, the house. The, wo the, woman who, the woman who died. Well, well woman, man, okay. whatever All the right. case Okay, all right, okay. The son. Yes. He, he's selling this house for $2 million, and he's going to reap the financial benefits once this house is sold because the person who previously owned it, his mom, has, has passed away. Yep. And, and we're all operating on the assumption that he is the only sibling. We don't, we don't know. That, that story, as it was related to Tracy, uh, there was no clear-cut understanding as to whether he was the only child or whether there were others but let's assume based on what we know that he's the only only child this guy is going to make money off the sale of that house when it's sold and for him to quote reward uh the person uh who gave the money back with seven hundred dollars he's a cheap jerk there's no doubt. I mean, we're talking about this today. I mean, if you were in a restaurant, right, and your server came over, I mean, this was $15,000. A 10% tip, I don't do math in public, but a 10% tip is 1500 10%. That's a weak tip to start with, but that's 10%. Right. He's barely over 5% for this woman. That's correct. I mean. That's correct. It's insane. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, here's the next one. And we're going to get to All this right. with the boys a little bit later. Uh, the De La Cruz home run last night. The kid who retrieves a ball is a high school linebacker from Moeller High School. Alex French Correct. is his name. He was in the newspaper and everything, so I'm not talking about some kid who people don't know who he is. Now, he nice has a chance. Kid. Yes, he is. And I've seen him play uh, football. We've done a number of his games right here on um, Chatterbox Sports. A outstanding player. Now, he had a chance after the game to give De La Cruz the ball back, uh, get a picture with all his buddies in De La Cruz. You just saw it there. He got a bat. 
He got a couple of batting gloves, blah, blah, blah. Okay, now, question is, if that was you that had that ball, is that enough? Is what enough? The picture. Getting a picture taken. Yeah, and a bat and a couple of batting gloves. That ball's already been valued today at over $10,000. This is a 17-year-old kid. Well, he got screwed then. He got screwed then. If if they valued at over $10,000 and all he got was a bunch of damn pictures and a bat? No, that's that's not. Of course, now, you also have to think, and and I'm sure this young man is a quality kid, and I'm sure he thought about this. What kind of perception do the, the does the public have of me as a person when I'm going to say, well, you know, I'm 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 in a negotiable, I'm in a negotiating mood, and a, a bat and a picture is not good enough. Now, what are people? going I'm sure that probably has to cross one's mind if they're thinking that. What they're offering me is not nearly what I, they should be offering me. Uh, so I, I don't know. That's a tough question to answer. And, uh, you know, he's a football player. Uh, what value would a picture have 50 years from now or 20 years from now? And Ailey Dela Cruz is still considered to be one of the great players in the game. And all I got to show for is a picture with me and my buddies with him on the night in which he hit his first big league home run. All right. Okay. I knew the Hall of Famer would have an opinion on that. We're going to get into all this because, man, I mean, if there is ever a moment in your life that was built for negotiation, I mean, that was it as a young man. And some can say he did the right thing. I maintain it's not Ellie De La Cruz's ball. I mean, God bless him, he hit it, but it isn't his ball. Correct. And he just gave it to him for batting gloves, a bat, and a picture. Yeah. All right. I mean, I could have used some of that cash to pay for my college if that was me. No thankfully, question about that. Thankfully, you and mom were around. I was just free. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. A lot of freeloaders around that Brenneman house. I'll tell you that right now. They're everywhere. Oh, really? That's a flash bulletin. <laughs> All right. Anything else on your mind? Anything else you want to get into? You normally like kind of, you know, going off on one thing or another. Anything else happening out there? Well, I'm going to miss you guys the next few weeks because I'm leaving next week to go to Europe. And uh, if I can figure out a way to make this happen while I'm in Prague or uh, I'm cruising the Danube or I'm in Budapest, I will definitely do that. Uh, I've got to check out the, the, the technical aspect of doing something like this when you're in a foreign country. I don't know whether it's doable or not, but I'm going to check it out. And if it is, then I definitely will check in with you guys. So you just mentioned a couple of the places you're going. What, wh- where is this trip? Where overall are you going? What's the whole sort of layout? Well, we're flying to Prague and we're spending a couple of days there, then get getting on a bus and going, I don't know, three or four hours to, I think it's Regensburg, which is a medieval town, uh, or to Nuremberg and get on a, a river boat, uh, a river boat and cruise the Danube and stop off in various and sundry spots along the way. And we'll end up uh, culminating our trip, uh, docking in in Budapest, and we'll be there for a couple of days. And then we'll fly to Washington, D.C. and watch our our wonderful young lady, Grace Cook, go into the Naval Academy. 
Yes, indeed. That would be, uh, yeah. yes, my uh, step-niece. She is uh, headed to the Naval Academy. Well, well you know what? Um, uh, Budapest uh, looks like a beautiful place. I'm just kind of looking. Yes. I've heard it's a great place. Uh, I've heard the same thing about Prague. I'm yes. sure that there'll be a lot of people that know uh, who Marty Brenneman is over there in Prague. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's a big, no, it's a big, you know, it's a big, it's a big cultural place. I mean, I'm sure there, well, there are a lot of people it, it, very highly a, educated, dialed in on all kinds of sports. They're good. If it's as big culturally as it seems to be, then my chances of being recognized will be grossly minimized. Culture and Marty Brenneman don't go hand in hand. All right. You got me? I got you. Okay. I understand. I understand. Well, thanks for the time today and safe travels. Godspeed ahead. We'll be thinking of you, praying for you. Stay safe. Well, I'll see you before I leave, pal. All right. All right. I love, love you. you. You take it easy. See Have you guys. Rest of your day. Thank you. See you, Marty. All right. Tim How Marty. about that? You guys ever been to Budapest or Prague? My passport just came in the mail yesterday. Never had a passport. Just got one yesterday. Really? Yeah. Excited about it. Going on a cruise in August. Where are you going? Caribbean. Wow. Oh, yeah. Where are you going down there? Uh, Nassau. We're going Ooh, nice. one of the cruises, private islands, and uh, Grand Turks. That's not Epstein Island or anything. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm not that liberal elite. And then where? Where was the third one? <laughs> Grand Turks. Is that Turks and Caicos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. That's a nice place, man. Excited about it. That's the nicest of, I mean, I can't speak for the private island. You know, only you and all your friend Epstein's and all his pals know about that place. But um, uh, putting it on me pretty thick there, Tom. Well, I mean, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It is what it is. Um, you know, uh, okay. I want to get to something here. I want to get to this baseball thing. Okay. All right. Let's flash it back on up there. And okay. So, again, I, you know, I have to give a lot of credit to the young man and the way he was raised. That's him right there, Alex French. We did call some. Um, we are. We did call some of his football games here on Chatterbox Sports. I mean, look, look at the body on that kid. Kid's a monster. His friends are too. Um, all older guys, I'm assuming. There, that's where he goes to. And high they're school. all they're all wearing Reed shorts. The, all those shorts are way, <laughs> well, 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 they're all well above the knee. If you look there, it's the style. What are those? Are those like 14 inch? I mean, you see them advertised now. They they have them in the different lengths. Reed, what is it you're shopping for? I I don't buy any of my clothes. My wife buys all my clothes. You, you know what? It's just why would you throw her in front of the bus? <laughs> well, you're asking me the the inseam, and I don't know because I don't buy the clothes. Okay, so go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that it's just those styles are cyclical. That's what you used to wear back in the day for in Han Anderson High School, Tom, those high shorts. That was the style back in the day, and they've come back. Well, it was. Well, and, five and a half inches, Tomas says. Tomas, welcome back, my man. Hope you're doing all right. Been a while. Um, all right. So, I, 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 now this one I struggle with. I didn't struggle with the, the, the thing the other day. But this one I do struggle with a little bit. But um, I mean, I don't know how that works. Maybe you guys have you can you can hold out, and there's negotiations. Typically, is how it works. Talk okay. about it. yeah. Okay, so I thought a lot about this last night after I read this story, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, now let 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 let, let let's assess 
this entire situation from 30,000 feet, right? Okay. You've got a kid who's 17 years old. And for all I know, he might be the next Elon Musk. I have no idea. God bless him if he is. And he may make hundreds and millions and billions of dollars one day. And, I, and I'm rooting for him to do that. But he might not. And so here is basically an investment that is given to you, the value of which has already been defined before you even make a decision about it, okay? You basically are holding something in your hand, right? This is like holding a piece of gold that has been valued at $10,000. That was the immediate price they thought this ball would be worth if it were sold on the open market today. Okay, start with that. So you're holding something for 10000 Now, is it a little bit of a roll of the dice to think the value of that ball could go down? It's a little bit of a roll of the dice. But again, all of you are common degenerates when it comes to gambling and odds. There's a real good chance the increase of that or the ball and its value is going to do one of these, right? As all of these memorabilia pieces do. If Ellie De La Cruz goes on to become a really good player it'll go up to 15 or 20. if he becomes a great player it could go up to 100 or 200 or 300,000. if he becomes a hall of fame player it could be worth fill in the blank right half a million so here you are holding in your hand at the stadium last night so all this has got to happen fast now mm -hmm. right i mean you're 17 not worldly you know not a lot of this kind of stuff and now you got to start making decisions, rapid-fire decisions. And you probably got some security guy over there, come on with me, right? Guessing on that. They, they, they get him downstairs underneath in the tunnel where the clubhouse is, and they're like, hey, you want to meet De La Cruz? Hey, can we have that ball back? Hey, Ellie would love to meet you, take a picture with you, give you a ball, give you a back, give you a couple gloves. You good? Calm down. Mindful breathing. Mindful breathing. Let's try to rise above it all. 30,000 feet. What am I really holding in my hand right now? De La Cruz, by being called up this year, I think the league minimum in baseball is close to a half a million dollars a year. So Ellie De La Cruz already has a half a million bucks. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Okay. He has the potential to make tens of of millions if not hundreds of millions of dollars in the future right okay now it also is his first major league home run and the significance the importance of that to this young man is indescribable you only do it one time but if i am young mr french i'm gonna go down there and take that picture i'm gonna go down there and Shake his hand, and I'm going to go down there, and I'm going to accept the, the gracious offer of a bat and a couple of batting gloves. And then I'm going to say, at that point in time, what? Gentlemen, I lay it now on to you before I give you what my decision would be. Paul, what would you do? So I have thought about this for a long time, and I think my answer has evolved over the years. You know, you think back to, like, Alex Rodriguez, and that was a huge deal because the 
famous ball hawk, Zach Campbell, caught that when he hit his 3,000th hit. And that became a whole massive ordeal. I, I, I look at it from two angles. One, I would want LA to get the ball. I wouldn't want to just sell it to some random, you know, person, you know, like at an auction or something for a billion dollars just to, well, okay, if I'm getting a billion dollars, I'm saying I'm not just going to sell it to some, I would want Ellie to end up with the ball. In my current situation, you know, you know what I actually thought of last night? In my current situation right this second, I'd see if maybe the Reds could help me out with a wedding at Great American Ballpark. <laughs> like, okay, all right. I think, okay, I think that's, that's interesting. I think okay. that, that was my first thought was, Maybe we can turn the the all you can eat space yeah, up there yeah. in, the, in the third level I'm sure they into do. a wedding yeah. venue. That was my first immediate thought. I think that's a kind of cool, unique, fair trade. Maybe that's a little too expensive, more than ten thousand dollars that the val the ball is valued at. But in my life right now, that would make a huge difference. It would mean a lot to me. I would always have that memory. Maybe you get a picture with them and a signed ball and call it a day. All right, so I want to make sure I understand here for a second. Are, are you saying that part of your negotiation would be, hey, don't, don't see if you can help me out here with a wedding at Great American Ballpark. Are you saying you're going to pick up the tab for my wedding here at Great American Ballpark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. That's a, I think that is a great idea, and that is a fantastic ask because, look, in the grand scheme of things, that wedding to you, is every bit as important as that baseball is to Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a, exactly. That's a great trade. So that was, that was my first thought was, hey, Reds, let's make a wedding happen here or, or whatever, however we can do that. And then from there, we, you know, I'd like a picture with him. I'm not an autograph guy. I'm very much not an autograph guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm it, not either. I, I, I am a let's get a picture. Like if we're going to – you know, talk about, I'd rather have a memory. So what? They scribble a pen on a piece of paper. What? That doesn't mean anything to me. Let's get a picture. I think it is cool that he brought his boys down there. As Very far as, cool. as as far as this goes, like those guys are going to be loyal to him forever. That's a memory that if those guys stay friends forever, they'll always have. I think that's very very cool that they went down there and did that. I think in being in high school and and doing that is something that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. Uh, so I, I do commend him on that. I'm not going to berate the kid for not making a crazy deal. But well, as far as you asking me what I would do, in my current situation as of June 8th, that's what I would do. You know, it's interesting. And before we get to everybody else's, I just want to share some of the things. Because, look, I, I, I hear where you're coming from, a lot of you guys, on all this stuff. And we have opinions all over the board, right? Uh, you know, Jacob, you made the point, said we'd all be ripping the kid today if he didn't give it back. I think some people would rip him. I don't think everybody would rip him. He wouldn't be getting ripped on this show, I can tell you that. There might be other talk show hosts who definitely would rip him, but it wouldn't be this one. Um, you know, you get AM who says, uh, you know, teams milk the taxpayers for millions and billions of dollars, their stadiums, so on and so forth. And, you know, kid like this, he's supposed to give it back for a pitcher. Give me a break. Um, you have uh, AM, interesting here. Adds, when I was 20 and dumb, like the rest of us, I would have said that's the right thing to do. Now that I have a bill and families, uh, family and bills to take care of, hey, I I'm getting better than that. Uh, Mason says, let the kid be 17. He'll have plenty of time to worry about being a money slave, whatever that means. 
for the rest of his life soon enough. Um, okay. Read. All right, read. Yeah, I, I want to go into the morality of the two things that we've discussed, which is this Ellie De La Cruz ball and the money taken out of the sock drawer. I'm going back to that. I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, compare and contrast the morality of the two things. On one hand, we're talking about giving a ball back to a, a kid from the Dominican Republic, so he doesn't have to go on some auction website and try to buy it himself. A memory that he's been working for for so long, right? In a game that I truly appreciate in baseball, and I respect the the history of it and the whole nine yards, as opposed to finding money in a sock drawer, money that the person who you're going to give it to had no idea that it even existed, and money that this that this person that had no idea that it existed is about to sell that house for two million dollars and reap the benefits of that. On top of the person that found the cash is incredibly strapped for it. That sixteen thousand dollars to that to whoever cleaned that that sock drawer out, what means way more, means way more than any of the things that we've been talking about the past few days. Whether it's Ellie De La Cruz's ball, whether it be this kid getting pictures with Ellie De La Cruz in, in the whole nine yards. So I I think that the morality of these two things isn't as far off as we're as we're making it. As for the question that you presented, which is, what would I do in this scenario? I don't know how reasonable it is, but I'd ask for one of those golden tickets. MLB golden tickets. I've always said that. If I caught a historic home run, I'd, I'd ask for those golden tickets, lifetime passes in the MLB stadiums. How often do they give those out, Tom? Do you know? I have no idea. I know they give them out to players that make pension, I believe. Make full pension. I, I, I really know. don't idea. But I would love one of those golden tickets. All right. Fair enough. So you're saying you would want one ticket for the rest of your life to any game you want to go to? Correct. Okay. That, that would be your exchange for that? Correct. Okay. I don't need a monetary value. Well, that has a lot of monetary value. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. I'm well aware. And if you went every night for the next 20, in your age, next 50 years, that has a monetary value. I ain't it. making it to 77, Tom. Come on. Okay. <laughs> All right. Elliot? I, I don't think it's I don't think it there, I don't think morality is in question. There's not a wrong answer here. I, I do think if it were me, this is a franchise, and I say this was with love and I say it with a lot of respect, that's done not a whole lot for me in my lifetime. You know, they they, they have not advanced in the postseason since the year two thousand, the only MLB franchise to do that. I would absolutely hold on to that ball, given the hype. The Aaron Judge, 62, I know it's a little bit different, but the Aaron Judge record-breaking home run ball sold for $1.5 million. $1.5 million. The hype on this Ellie De La Cruz home run ball is the highest it'll ever be right now. I would at least take it home and think about it before I did anything. And it's absolutely worth more than a picture and some signed balls. It is. So I would, I would go home. I would reevaluate my options. And if I can't get a better deal, yeah, then I'll give it back. But I would at least try to. I would try to at least make some money on it, right? That's what I would do. I don't think. I don't, and again, I don't think there's a right or wrong option. But I do think Jacob, if if I, if the kid did not give it back, I do think he would probably get ripped, given given this given this city, given what's happening right now at this second. But I don't know. I would keep the ball. I would try to sell it. 
Okay, but that takes us into a whole different realm, and I don't want to go there yet, but I think you bring up a great point, and Jacob, you were the one who brought this up about you're getting ripped. Who are who, – this will be the next topic. I mean, who are you getting ripped by? I mean, I've had my ass ripped from the New York Times to the L.A. Times to all points in between, and at the end of the day, who cares? I mean, really, who cares? There's some dude at the New York Times that tried to get me fired for 25 years. I mean, I couldn't do anything right, right? I wore the wrong color tie and this guy's ripping my ass in the New York Times for 25 years. At the end of the day, who cares? This guy's holding a, a, a tangible object that today, the second it hit the seat in the stands, is valued at $10,000. And you're giving it back. You're giving something to somebody. It didn't even belong to him. The money thing belonged to that guy technically? No. But in a court of law, yes. Because he now owns the house and everything in the house. In this case, De La Cruz does not own the ball. He just hit the ball. Okay? So, Jacob, you would do what? Well, I... Andrew Dunn brought up a great point in the chat here, and I think I agree with him. I like to think that I would ask for, you know, this big, elaborate, you know, whatever, have this, a lot of stuff in my mind. But when the negotiations came to fruition, I would probably cave pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, sitting here now, 30,000 feet, bat for sure. Love the bat. Getting balls for your boys. That's great. That's a picture that they're going to love forever. I would have definitely asked for a jersey. I would have wanted an Ellie jersey. Ideally, game-worn. I mean, you're definitely not getting the debut one, but in the next couple games, he'll have, you know, a jersey every day. So getting the game-worn Ellie jersey would be high on my list. Um, I would like some money. Reed brings up a good point with the golden ticket. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's awesome because that's every ballpark as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah. even if I move out of Cincinnati, I'd be able to go and use that at, you know, at different places as opposed to red season tickets. So I like the golden ticket idea a lot. I don't know how that would work. MLB-wise, but yeah, yeah, while we're living in hypotheticals, I'd definitely ask for that, too. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Now, uh, by the, Tom, by the letter of the law, that money belongs to the guy's house. But if we're talking, like, he has no idea that it exists. Why are we going back to this, Reed? You are, <laughs> I mean, you are digging the hole deeper and deeper and deeper. I'm just saying that Ellie De La Cruz has worked for this moment his entire life. And yeah, he has no legal ownership to that ball. But he's got blood, sweat, and tears into hitting that ball. And I want that ball to get in Ellie De La Cruz's hands infinitely more than I want that $16,000 to go into that schmuck who gave $700 for the finder's fee. That ball means more to Ellie than I think it would to nearly anyone else. So I, I like that the kid gave it back. I think he did the right move. I like to think that I would do the same thing. I would... I would want Ellie to end up with the ball, but if let's like let's take the wedding out of the equation. I thought the wedding was the best thing I've heard. Yeah. So so let's pretend I'm married and the and the wedding is not an option and we're just you're just an adult looking at this. I'm catching that ball. I am walking out of the stadium immediately. I'm not watching the rest of the game. I am walking out of the stadium immediately. And I'm sitting on it for a day. I'm I'm like Elliot. I'm sitting on it for a day. I want Ellie to end up with the ball, but I'm not going to do anything that I don't think five years from now. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Let's 
Just sit on it for 24 hours, come back to it. That's what I would do. If you, but yeah, yeah, in this I mean, moment, it, I do Elliot was the one who brought up that whole thing. Take the breath, and, and let's take this over a little bit. Let's go back home and think it over a little bit. Could you imagine being this young Mr. French? Play this thing forward for a minute. You just said the judge ball 1.5. Let's just say this, this thing went for a million dollars, right? And if you're like most of the working world out there, okay, and say at that point in time he's 17 now, say 20 years from now he's 37, maybe he's married, has a couple of kids, uh, living somewhere here in town trying to make his mortgage payment, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trying to, trying to, after Biden gets out 16 years later, it'll still be a disaster. Inflation will be <laughs> through the tail. You know, you're trying to pay for eggs and cheese and milk and all these things, right? So all of a sudden he reads one day, who was he just recently, the big athlete that sold all of their paraphernalia? They just got rid of it all. Sold it in one mass sort of thing. That was in the news recently. Somebody just said, you know what? This is all just taking up dust in my basement. Doesn't mean anything to me. Johnny Bench did a lot of this same kind of thing a couple of years ago. He did. I think uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sold his uh, sold his four championship rings and three MVP awards. Okay, so let's just use that as an example. Say Ellie De La Cruz, um, 20 years from now, is going to the Hall of Fame or he's going to the Reds Hall of Fame, Right. And all of a sudden, you know, you, Mr. young Mr. French, there won't be newspapers in 20-something years, but he's sitting around reading something on whatever tablet we have in that day and age. And he sees where De La Cruz decided, I'm going to sell the ball. And he sells the ball for a million dollars. And there's young Mr. French sitting in his modest home when he poured his blood, sweat, and tears into mm -hmm. being able to afford. He's looking at his two children that he started a 529 plan for that has $3,000 each in it, maybe, right? And he's hoping that that's going to grow like crazy. He's pouring his blood, sweat, and tears into his family and trying to be a good guy and a good citizen and a good husband and a good dad. But, oh, Ellie... Decided, ah, that ball had a lot of sentimental value, but I like the cash instead. I'm going to sell that ball for $1 million. And old Mr. French, young Mr. French, he still has sitting right by his favorite chair where he has a beer after work every other night. And there's that picture of him and Ellie De La Cruz. He's got those batting gloves and, and a, and a, autograph jersey mounted on the wall like you guys have behind you right now. And Ellie just met that guy and said, hey, thanks for that million. I appreciate it. But it's Ellie's ball. <laughs> like, he can do what he wants with it. He hit it. He worked it's it. It's this kid's ball. He can do what he wants with it. You're right. Right? Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I also have a weird morality towards the game of baseball for some reason. Yeah, I would have. No I, have I feel like I have obligations as a baseball fan to do the right thing in, in certain scenarios. I would have no issue holding on to the ball for a while, but I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't want it to just end up in like oblivion. 
but maybe if like somebody bought it and then gave it to the Hall of Fame or you know okay, but for it to somebody some some guy that has some massive baseball collection and then it ends up like another ball on the wall of like fifty balls that mean something to I don't know it seems a little cheesy to me but like the video everybody does it factor in the that way. the Reds have done nothing for the for the fan base over the last twenty five years like if I was a Boston sports fan and Tom Brady threw his whatever five hundredth touchdown. David Ortiz hit a walk-off home run and whatever. A sports town that's given me everything. I think that changes it from what it is now. The Reds have done nothing for us. Us being the fan base. I agree. Does that not, does that not play into it at all? I think it would if it's anyone other than Ellie. And maybe other than Matt McClain. Like, other than these, this new core that the vibes are as high as they've ever been and the energy is through the roof and everyone thinks Ellie De La Cruz is already the best shortstop to ever play for the Reds. Like... You're seeing stuff on Twitter talking about this guy being a Hall of Famer already. Where to build the statue? Like, if it wasn't Ellie, yes. Will Benson's home run? Give, give me a bag. But I'm getting that ball back to Ellie. Because, yeah, that's because fair. of what he will do for me in the future, hypothetically. Joey Votto's a guy. If Joey Votto hit a, a memorable home run, that's a guy I would give the ball back. That's a guy who's done a lot for me personally. Great. And when I say this with respect to Ellie, but he hasn't done anything for me. And the hype is high. The Reds have done nothing. I'm just thinking of what I can get for it. All right, hold on a second now. We, we got something here. Everett, Everett, I got to tell you. Come on now. This, this is a reach. I mean, this is a real reach, and I love you, Everett. You know I do. He says, Tom, you blasted the PGA for taking the money. Blasted the crew for taking the money. Now he blasts a one story where the kid's choice is, you know, just the memory instead of the money. Everett, I don't need to explain this to you. As Josh Hawley said yesterday, I mean, do I have to do this? <laughs> do I have to do this? Are you kidding me? The PGA? Who did they take the money from? Okay. I mean, seriously. After telling us all about 9-11 and the tide of the Saudis, okay? Telling us all about it. Then you took the money from those same people, right? The Saudis. Come on. Right. When it comes to this other situation, we can agree to disagree. But that money belongs to somebody else. This ball doesn't belong to anybody except for the kid who got it in the stands. It's just like finding. It's no different at all at the end of the day than finding a chunk of gold on the street. It doesn't belong to anybody. He just got it. He bent over, picked up a ball off the ground after it had landed in the stands where he was sitting. He paid for the ticket to be up there. Something landed there. He picked it up that doesn't belong to anybody else. Don't compare that to money from Saudi Arabia or $15,000 sitting in somebody's closet. Come on. Good Lord. All right. <laughs> Golly day. Uh, what's Kirby saying? Kirby's all over this thing. Hunter Green's on pace to start on Sunday. On track. Had a great bullpen session. Felt great. Need it. Only bright spot in the rotation right now. <laughs> it's true. Well, have it. Have you got to have it. Well, yeah. Don't buy the hype, though, right, Tom? Only one start. <laughs> it's one start. You can't buy the hype. You can't. You can't. I mean, I, you know, I worked with Al Leiter. I love Al Leiter. But this is this stuff. Did you see what he said the other day? Tom Glavin. 
Al. I agree. Al, I love you, buddy. I mean, we did the 2003, your guys, the Cubbies. Yep. We did. They're doing a big story on that in The Athletic. On Talked the to the guys writing the story oh, for really? a long time, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, uh, John Greenberg. Uh, and, I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. One start, he reminds me of a young Tom Glavin. How disrespectful to Abbott. He's way better than Glavin. <laughs> <laughs> Number 41, he's already Nuxall. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Hamilton legend. Damn right. Nuxy. Yeah, Sir Boy Wonder. Andrew Abbott equals Randy Johnson. <laughs> yeah. And all the Graham Ashcraft leading us to the World Series talk at the end of April. Right? Did I miss that part? Did I miss that? Pretty sure we called him the ace of the rotation. I'm pretty sure starts. that's right. I'm pretty sure that's right. That's right. Everett, you keep coming back to different arguments. You initially <laughs> argued about the money. And now you're coming back at me on a moral argument. This kid is not immoral if he decides not to give this ball back for batting gloves, a bat, and a picture. That doesn't make the kid immoral. It doesn't make him moral by doing it. It makes him a nice kid. Makes him a really nice kid. I feel like those are synonyms. Well, sometimes. You can be a really nice guy and do some immoral stuff. Sure. But all I'm saying is, is that there, this is, I mean, Elliot said it right from the start before I ever said it. There is no right and wrong answer here, okay? I'm not going to beat down the kid for what he did. I said it's a beautiful thing that he did. Good for him. I'm just suggesting that when you are sitting on a piece of merchandise that does not technically belong to a soul on the planet, and you have to make a decision about what to do with that object in this case, I think it's worth a lot more could be a wedding, could be a golden ticket, right? Could be any of the above. But I think it's worth more than a picture, a bat, and batting gloves is all I'm suggesting. What did we think of the game, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Game's a nice win. I mean, they're showing a lot of grit, which is what I like about it. I'm more impressed. Again, it's just me. The De La Cruz stuff is great. No doubt about it. It's awesome. It's exciting. It's fun. It's hopeful. We talked about this yesterday. I'm more impressed with you fell behind 8-3 to three in one game, and you win 9-8. to eight. You fell, what, 6-2 to two six last two. night? 6-2 mm -hmm. to two last night, and you come back and win. Those are the things I like to see. I like to see that from a team because I think it energizes – De La Cruz coming up has energized a franchise. McLean coming energized a franchise. And, and they've been productive. Longer period of time for McLean. All of those things are true. But at the end of the day, did you win or did you lose? You can have some dude who hits four home runs in a game. You lost the game. Good for the guy who hit four home runs in a game. You lost the game. The Reds are five games out. Hope and change, Paul. 
Hope and change. Hope and change, because that's all you can hope for, change. That's right. Okay, we're going to take a break. Um, th th there's some stuff happening in the NFL that I think we got to get to because um, much is being made of. Dalvin Cook let go today by the Minnesota Vikings. Now, you talk about a gamer. You may not want him. You may not want to sign him. But go check the track record of this cat and the injuries that he has played with. This was a guy we were talking about after this season who broke his shoulder at Florida State and just played with the pain for his first three, four years in the NFL and just kept playing. And they finally just fixed it. This guy's a gamer. Would you want him on the Cincinnati Bengals? Anonymous says Dalvin Cook will be out of a job for like five minutes. Good point. All right, Ham and Eggers, here we go. It's that type of the show, the Ham and Eggers. These guys are great. Trust me, I would know. I introduce all the best segments. Uh, we haven't got into the Bengals, but I feel like we're going to talk about him or the Bengals and Dalvin Cook. See if that's a match in a second. And the Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data center world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work from home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. And the question that is on everyone's mind isn't, are you going to take $16,000 out of someone's stock drawer? isn't what are you going to do with Ellie De La Cruz's home run ball? It is, are you still drinking regular water? And did you know that alkaline water has been shown to have superior hydration benefits versus regular water in a clinical study? There's a new premium alkaline water out there. That's Pawnee. And I have to tell you, this stuff tastes great. Made right here across the street in Hamilton, Ohio. It uses natural limestone filtration. Unlike artificial processing that many other brands use, the result is a healthy alkaline water that is the best tasting water in the world. Please visit their website at PawneeWater.com. That's P to the A to the H-H-N-I. That's Pawnee. P to the H to the A to the H-H-N-I to the, to the, to the hit it, Paulie. <laughs> it's great only ingredient water natural limestone filtration alkaline water paul what's the where do we get our water where do we drink our water we drink our water from Pawnee. where do we bet bedfred who do we get our uh, technology solutions from encore drink your coffee from udf love it and like the stream like we're, the stream we're at 56 56 likes right now. I know we can get to 100. People just kind of forget to. Now, I will say. Dollar in the jar. I will say that a lot of people probably watch this on their, like, smart TVs or something. Yeah. Or maybe yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they got it on in the background. So, we get that. But if you're watching on your computer, you're watching on your phone, like the stream. We are at 57 now. 58. We can get it up to 100. Elliot, what are you doing if we get to 100? What's today's shtick? <laughs> what do you mean shtick? I'm confused by your question. There's well, no, there, you, there is no That is a very... No, 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 no. That is, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that no. was a very pointed question. Yeah, there's, you, Every day you said 100... It's not a shtick. Yeah, there's no shtick. I'm serious. I There is not one... Look at me. Where's no, the camera? No, I know you'll do Where's it. Where's the camera? Right here. There is not Looking one right single thing I wouldn't do for 100 likes right now. <laughs> there is not one single thing. We can put a vote. 
We can, you can mail it to me. You can text me. I'll leave my phone number. You can do whatever you want to me for 100 likes. I will do anything for 100 likes, make, making sure that, that it's legal, of course. We can do whatever we want anything. to Elliot? Yeah, anything. Anything. Every single thing is available to you if this chat gets 100 likes. Please, like it. That's hmm. all I have to say. <laughs> there is no shtick. There is no shtick. We don't shtick it up in here. No, no one, nobody certainly does that. No one I, does shticks in this office. No, I will inject jet fuel into my blood right now. A hundred likes. You think you'd run faster if you did that? Yeah, I know I would. I'd fly, too. <laughs> I'd fly. I'd run. I'd do, I'd do everything. <laughs> You're good, Tom. Go ahead. Oh, man. Wow. We got to get to 100. We're up to 70, so that brought us 10 more. So they, they really want to see the happen. lengths that you'll go to, Elliot. What, what are you guys talking about? We are talking about how Elliot does not lay on any shticks, and really no one does in this office. We no. are a shtick-free environment. No bits, no shticks. Maybe we need some shtick. <laughs> Maybe we need a little shtick. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot said he'll do anything, quite literally anything, Tom, for 100 likes. Anything, Tom. Well, we're a long way from that. 71. Since Elliot committed to doing anything, we have picked up about 15 likes. So That's right. Oh, really? Yeah. Fire Reed. Promote Elliot. Now that's... Now who would that be that's got some from? staying power. AJ Worse. Oh, really? Is yeah. That mouse cop's no Mouse Cop. Wow. Mouse Cop's... Where is Mouse Cop today? I'm looking around. I He's thought not the here. I thought the chat was going well for a reason. It was a very positive chat today. No Mouse Cop in the house. Well, must hate the Reds. Oh, well, Tomas <laughs> just said fire read. That's not good. Tomas. Chad Waits is Chad Waits is back for you, Reed. Extend Reed. I need Chad Waits is my only supporter in the chat. Now Thomas Thomas has a he could fire me because listen, at, at Casey's wedding, we're out on the dance floor. Oh, man. You were? Was we're, there any video of that? We're out on dance floor. We're saving it for next week when Casey gets back. I have a ton of video, yeah. Okay, good. Listen, me and Paul were, I mean, we were sleuthing it around because, you know, everyone's dancing, having a great time. Some jabroni dropped a beer bottle right in the middle of the dance floor. I mean, girls are, are you dancing. You got to be kidding. Shoeless. I mean, it was just the hazard of all hazards. And I swear to you guys right here and now, I will – live the rest of my life trying to figure out who dropped that beer bottle on Casey's dance floor. I will figure out who it was. A glass beer bottle. Glass yeah. beer bottle. That's There's... why you don't serve glass. You, play, it, it, right. it, you know, it can. Right? Last time I checked, the can doesn't check. I agree. The description of the, the male was about six foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyes. <laughs> don't know where that guy could be. Mm. But we're still trying to find him. It was a, <clears throat> it was a rough few minutes. Especially for, yeah, everybody that was walking around barefoot. Right. Me and, me and Paul immediately got to detectiving. We were all over the place. I heard the shatter and I said, everybody stop where you are. <laughs> we got, I, the, got the crime scene. We are that. setting up a perimeter and finding out the <laughs> bastard that did this. Got away. Hey, one other thing that caught me because, uh, Elliot, you took Juno. I got yes. that right, correct? That's correct. Your dog down there last night. Now, now, what is this story? Do you know anything about this? It was brought up in the chat, and, and I read it this morning. Um, and the, the best in show last night was a dog named Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, correct? That. 
And it was welcomed with boos. Whole state that, booed. The, 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 Who the port, boos a dog? They were booing Tom Brady. They were booing Tom Brady, to be fair. But yeah, the, the best in show was Tom Brady. Was Tom Brady there? It was a picture of the dog, and on the Jumbotron it said in big letters, Tom Brady. And the whole crowd, loud yeah. boos. They booed the dog? They they booed, well, they booed Tom was Brady. Sir, was booed. Sir Boy in the chat? You was Sir Boy that he hates dogs? confusing it. They're booing Tom Brady. <laughs> he does. <laughs> He does not hate dogs. He's he, too good of a guy to hate dogs. He just said, fire Rizzo. How are you going to fire my dog from being a dog? I think no, that, I, by the way, I think that. Mike Rizzo. <laughs> I think that promotion's got to end soon. <laughs> the dog Anthony promotion. Rizzo. Didn't go well? Well, no. It's just like when there's a full house and there's a bunch of dogs running around. That promotion was made because the Reds were bad. Right. And nobody was going to the ballpark. Eventually, that promotion, I think, is going to have to end. Yeah, the, the, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Cardinals, they're not doing Bark in the Park Night. No. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not doing no. Bark in the Park Night. That is very much a, a low attendance. Bottom third. Right. Bottom third. Yeah, that's right. But that's okay. That's all right. How, did you have fun? Did Juno have fun? I yeah. mean, did you, yeah, while was, you walked on the field? It was great. We did not walk on the field. You know, we're, we're humble. We don't do that. We, we're, we don't like to, you know, show off or anything. We just sit in our seats eat a couple hot dogs, and uh, go on our day. Do you give Juno a hot dog? No, I do not. <laughs> no, I did not. I have treats, though. We have treats. We bring treats to the stadium. I was concerned what the poo situation would be. I didn't know what dogs would <laughs> They just lay sod out. Where. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. They just lay sod around. Yeah, I, I, but, yeah, it was, it's, very, it's a very cool event. I just think it's going to have to end if the Reds are good, respectfully, because they're not. The tickets are expensive for the dog, too. Dude, you, gotta, think, you know yeah, what I are. just thought about for a second here, though? In all seriousness, think about this for a second, okay? I had made reference to, and this just hit me. I had made reference to Ellie De La Cruz's Major League debut. They get 23000 down there. Yeah. Last night, they have 19000 down there. Mm -hmm. The Bark in the Park tickets sell out the four or five times they do it every single game. So, in reality, you're talking about having a promo for the dogs and their owners, right? What would that crowd have been last night without Bark in the Park? It would have been like 16,000. Yeah. Bark in the Park's like, yeah, it's just a couple of sections. Are we yeah. counting the dogs as no, attendance? No, 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 no. <laughs> But you have to pay money to get in the ballpark. You, yeah, you have to buy the dog, dog a ticket. You do. You have to and buy the I dog a ticket. And I think they have like 2,000 tickets for that thing. 3,000 yep. tickets. Yeah. So in reality, man, you stop and think about that for a second. I don't mean to, you know, throw you know, water on the fire here. But I mean, come on. Think about that. Right. You Let's, had to have a bark in the park to get to 19. Let's on Ellie's second game. Baseball town. Let's play the Pawnee Water <laughs> attendance game. Tom, what do you think the attendance is going to be for the day game today? Well, I always used to say I thought the Reds should play more day games because I found uh, during my time there, most of the years the team stunk. Not all of them, but most of them stunk. Uh, that they did pretty well today, um, or they did, they did pretty well in those games. Uh, but I'm still, even today, for some reason, the state of the franchise overall, 19,000 last night. Get as excited as you want. Sir Boy Wonder, buy the hype all you want. It's fine. It's fine. No problem. I'm saying um, 14,000. Oh, that was my guess, too. That was exactly what I was going to say was 14. So I'll go, uh, I'll go a little higher than 14 and a half. 
Elliot, I'm Jacob, gonna, you gonna, gonna like, partake in the Pawnee water attendance game? Yeah, I would love to. Thank you, Reed. I, I'm gonna. I think I would do like 7,500. I don't think there's gonna announced attendance will probably be close to that, but in the stadium, there's gonna be 7,500. Oh well, yeah, that's a very different. You're gonna ask me how many butts always, are in seats. Always go announced. Yeah, it's okay, announced. Well, if I'm always going go. Okay, if I'm going to announce attendance, I'll go. I'll go 10, 10, 10, 10,500. Okay. You know, I'll be the optimistic person in the room. Let's go 20. That's terrible. Let's break 20 today. Jacob announced loses. attendance. We Let's got break 20. You guys are all sitting around the the low teens, except for Jacob that said 20. I think you guys are. I mean, I know Ellie's a big draw, but Trace Fowler's going down there. One of the co-hosts of Chatterbox Reds. That's worth a couple thousand. Seats right then and there. Give me, give me fifteen five, fifteen five, for the business person special. Reed Kirby points out. He says we need to look through the weekday attendance numbers in twelve and thirteen. The Reds' first home series in June of 2012, 19, 19, 16. and of course those teams were good. So maybe not twenty. This team's good. World Series bound. Graham Ashcraft, Game Seven. It's just proven Tom's point. Maybe not a baseball town. I mean, I've said it all along, and all I do is fall back to that same thing I said to my dad. I think just because you're the oldest franchise, and there is something to be said for that, and hang your hat on for that, something to be very proud of and feel good about. Um, but, no. I mean, you, you've got franchises like, let's just say, the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals this year have stunk. And I mean stunk. Mm -hmm. Dead last. 11 games under 500. Maybe the worst record in the NL. Close to They're it. right there. They're not there yet, but they're there. They're, they're there. They're going to draw 3 million fans. The Reds, conversely, and that's in a 47,000-seat stadium. Reds were playing in a stadium in the 1970s that, that, that with standing room, you were up at... 55, 56, 57,000 with arguably the greatest team in the history of baseball. Never hit 2-7. Cardinals will draw over three this year. Padres, with a terrible team. Padres still selling out. They're seven games under. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, don't tell me about it. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, we got some other guesses in here. 11,000 says uh, cash action bets. Well, that, that's a new one to the program, right? Uh, Tom, I have something for us before we get into uh, Tracy Jones here in a few minutes. This is a tweet from our friend Dan Horde. Put it up on the screen. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yep. Joe Burrow, Ellie De La Cruz, Lucho Acosta. Does any city have more fun and charismatic sports stars than Cincinnati right now? I mean, you're talking about a Bengals team that's going to compete for a Super Bowl, a Reds team that... I mean, could mess around and compete for the division this year. And then a, an FC Cincinnati team that is historically good in Major League Soccer and is about to win the most prestigious cup in American sports, the Lamar Hunt Open Trophy. And now you have three guys that could potentially win MVPs of their league in the next two years. No joke. Acosta, De La Cruz, and Joe Burrow. If you told me that all three of these guys had an MVP by January 1st, 2025, I'd be like, yeah, all right. Sounds good. Fair enough. What are your thoughts on that? I just... Are you excited about it? How could you not be? 
Why? Why? Why would? You, why would you not be? Hand up. No clue who Acosta was before you flashed that graphic up. That's how oh. out of touch I am with FCC. Yeah, I'm with Reed. I don't know who that is. I mean, we need Casey back. Bad, but I'm sure he's doing. Soccer. But I'm sure he's doing great things. I'm sure he's doing great. Could be an MVP in Here's the league that Messi's going in. Right here, in a nutshell, is the difference of where people, me, lose it with soccer. The two guys of the three you just put up there, okay? Cruz is under team control for minimum six years. Mm-hmm. He's going to be here. Burrow's been here for three. He's still under team control for two more, but he's getting ready to sign an extension. He's going to be here for the long haul, right? Then there's soccer. Acosta could be playing in Italy tomorrow afternoon if somebody wants him. It's true. You know, to to be fair to the soccer uh, community too, uh, FC drew Inter Miami as the uh, as their opponent, as their next opponent in the. Know what that means? Well, it could mean Messi coming to TQL Stadium in August or September. Inter Miami's Instagram had a million followers yesterday before the the Miami the Messi news. They now have five million followers on Instagram. The video of Messi signing with Inter Miami had 4 million views in like 10 minutes yesterday. Ellie's video at, at the Reds had a million in like, you know, an hour and it was the most viewed MLB video of the season. And I or something along I top 3. Right. Messi's had 4 and a half million in 10 minutes. Not surprised. And he could potentially be here. We don't know when he's going to transfer or when he's going to end up here. But he could, if, if the match gets drawn as a home match for FC, that could mean Messi plays at TQL in uh, whenever it is, August or September, when, whenever they get back on the track with the Lamar Hunt Open Trophy. Who was the last athlete to the same prominence of Lionel Messi to play in Cincinnati? To do anything oh, I, there? No, he would be Ever? the most famous no, athlete no. of all time. Never, never, he, he not be, even in, a, not even in uh, the same galaxy. Yeah, he's yeah. the most famous athlete to ever play on U.S. soil when he plays his first game. Okay. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Okay. I was gonna like talk. I was gonna. I don't know if ten, has tennis Renal, has Ronaldo like ever played a guest players match? Going uh, to uh, Western uh, and Southern. A guest match. Oh my God, friendly. Has he ever played a friendly here? I don't know, but I, I Messi's the first uh, FIFA World Cup Golden Ball winner to play for the MLS, so that's a big deal. Yeah. Who would be the answer now? Who's the most famous athlete now? That's One of the ever- tennis players in Western Southern, uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's obviously played it against the Bengals in Cincinnati. LeBron played at Xavier in that preseason game. A couple no, years I'm, ago. we're talking about U.S. soil. Oh, yeah, no, I thought you were talking Cincinnati. I you were Cincinnati. Oh, well, you said U.S. I was Messi. Oh, no, like, I was saying Cincinnati. Coming to Cincinnati. Oh. When Messi comes to Cincinnati, will be the most famous player. Oh, then I would ever. say LeBron or, or Tom Brady. LeBron played at Cintas back in 2015. Uh, I, I would think one. I think Reed, you hit. I, I think that uh, one of those tennis players. Yeah, I mean Roger Federer. Yeah, right. Nadal, Serena, the, Serena, Serena yeah. Williams. Right. I mean, I don't know who's more popular globally between Tom Brady and Roger Federer. I know who's more known by more people in the United States. 
What about, has there been a PGA event in Cincinnati in quite some time? Well, Jack so, Nicholas was here for years and years. Okay. Yeah. Did Tiger ever do anything here in, so. in, in Cincinnati? Did they ever have a PGA so. event here in Cincinnati for Tiger? I don't think so. I could be wrong. Any other names? Uh, I'm trying to think if Did Ali ever fight in Cincinnati? I can't imagine he would, but. Nope. No, he never did. No. They used to have a lot of great fights in his town. Aaron Pryor, one of the great ones against, uh, gosh, what was the dude's name? He beat him a couple times. He was a big champion. Fought him here. Not Arroyo. It's something like that. Anyway, uh, we got Tracy Jones coming up in a matter of minutes. Real quick, Dalvin Cook, if you're the Bengals, Reed, do you think about trying to go to get him? If, it, if you have to sign him to a long-term contract, absolutely not because you have – Bigger fish to fry. People that can affect your team more. I Like, if you're asking me if I'd rather, you know, you're going to sign Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase to extensions. If the option is between signing Dalvin Cook for a couple-year deal or signing T. Higgins for a couple-year deal, it's T. Higgins all the way. But if you can get him for one year, which I don't think you can, sure, absolutely, you can go after Dalvin Cook. But I just think the, the whole prospect of having to sign him long-term just makes it a non-feasible option. Guys, yay or nay? I'm really not so sure how much better Dalvin Cook is than Joe Mixon, especially with Joe Mixon's familiarity in the offense, you know, the relationships he has with the players on the team already. I don't think Dalvin Cook moves the needle that much. And like Reed said, we would probably have to sign him to a long-term deal. I would imagine he's not looking for a one-year, you know, ring-chasing stop here. Um, and other teams will certainly offer him a long-term deal. So I have really no interest in doing that. Um, yeah, I just don't think he's that much better than Mixon in the first place. I, I would agree. And he's also been injury prone in his career. Yep. So. Well, he, he uh, through all the injuries, he's had four straight 1,000-yard rushing seasons between 19 through last year, 29 rushing touchdowns, and averages 42 receptions per season out of the backfield. And last year started every game, even after what I was alluding to earlier. He had broken his shoulder apparently in college, played with it, separated his shoulder in week three last year and did not miss a game. Separated shoulder. But he only averaged uh, about 17 touches a game last year, uh, around 88 yards from scrimmage per game. Those were both the lowest since he became a full-time player in 2019. Now, the deal is he's not officially been released yet. Um, they've been trying to trade him. Can't find anybody. Miami apparently is interested in him. Today is the last day Minnesota's going to try to trade him. But if you're another team, who's making that deal? If you know that ahead of time, right? I mean, why would you do that? Why would you give up anything if you can sign him as a free agent a day later unless you're worried about somebody else getting him? Is there anybody else you're worried about getting him? Denver. Keep an eye on Denver. I know they've been interested. All right. All right. Uh, then there's, uh, quickly before we get to Tracy, we did not talk about the NBA. Did you watch any of that last night or you were dialed into the Reds? Uh, I watched the very end and I saw it was a blowout, so I turned it off. It's, when I watched the Reds, I watched the whole Reds postgame show with Trace and Kirby's show on my laptop next to it. So I was watching both at the same time. And I, uh, by the time that ended, the NBA game was no longer in doubt. So. If you missed it, last night was the first in the history of uh, the NBA Finals 
where two players on the same team had 30-point triple doubles. So you had Jokic, yeah. right? He goes for 32, 21 rebounds, 10 assists. It's the eighth triple-double he has had in his last 11 postseason games. Nobody's had a playoff run like this guy has. And, and I got to tell you, there were people that tried to make it a racial thing. Can't remember who the guys were on ESPN. Tried to make it a racial thing that Jokic had won the last two MVPs when this guy was arguing that Embiid should win it this year. Embiid's a great player. Jokic had better stats this year than he had the last two when he won it. I mean, it, it's not even debatable who the best dude in the league is. It's not even a question. And then you have Jamal Murray. He goes for 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Game four is tomorrow night in Miami. And uh, the Heat, to have any chance, uh, look, I know they've come uh, from being back before. They almost blew the last series being up three games to one. But they lose tomorrow night. They are D-U-N. All right. It's time for our Southern California guy to get the lowdown on kind of the mix between Southern California and Bellevue, Kentucky. That'd be Tracy Jones. I thought you told us two days ago that there was a good chance you would have a a suit and tie on today. Did I misunderstand you? Well, not a suit. I said a shirt and tie. And actually my hair done nicely. Um, but the meeting got canceled. Well, let me tell you something. I don't trust a man who wears a tie. I just never have. A shirt and tie and a suit. I I'm telling you, I, I don't trust those guys. They're always looking to sell you something. You ever notice that, Tommy? No, I, I haven't noticed that. I, I think you have different people in different professions that feel like that they have to wear a coat and tie, and they're not trying to sell me anything. There are some <clears throat> of those guys out there. Yeah, I, I actually had a client that I, we had a meeting. I says, listen, I got to go home and change and get respectable. I was dressed like this. And he says, if you do, the, do that, I'll take my money away from you. I trust you the way you are. So... Just a different philosophy. And plus, in the Midwest, they're very conservative, the way they dress. You have to admit that, Tom. You're more of a Pacific Palisades guy. You don't really fit here. I think of you as a Palace Verdes, Pacific Palisades, maybe Encino type of guy. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know anything about Encino. Uh, I just I was running out of cities. I got to tell you, though, uh, Palos Verdes, man. I mean, you're talking my kind of lingo now. I mean, that's oh. a big league place. How nice is that? You know who lived up there, and I would see him all the time, is the skipper from Gilligan's Island. Skipper lived up there. Mario Andretti. Mario Andretti lived up there. A lot of celebrities. Well, I mean, that is a nice place. You know, that Pacific Palisades... You know, you're starting to get into that whole sort of got to show off what I got scene. You know what I mean? In mm. Palos Verdes, it's, 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 even though it's 
so picturesque right there on the coast, yes. the cliffs and everything. But it, it's not show-off money, I, I don't think, anyway, in, in Palos Verdes. you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's pretty conservative. The homes are not real fancy. Well, right, fancy. right, they're right, expensive, right. Yep. But they're not like you would think. Uh, and probably a, it's a very high-end class. I mean, you're up there, probably the average home in uh, Palos Verdes, I would say maybe five, six million. Oh boy. I, I would say it's that high. I'll tell you another place, and I see you living there with Polly, is Manhattan Beach. You seem like a Manhattan Beach guy. I can see foot. myself living there without Polly. <laughs> so good. It's really not You are good. so good. That, that was so good. can I without today. I'm all <laughs> over Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you know, back in the old days, I've told this story. Um, Back when, when I got the Cubs job in, uh, in 1990, I was 25, 26, whatever it was. And that was right when Piazza and Karos were coming up with the Dodgers. Yeah. And I ended up getting to know those guys a little bit. And they were living down there in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, they were they single, were. right? Yeah. They were living together. They were roommates. Uh, they had both just been called up to the big leagues. And, you know, oh. I mean, big stars already right out of the gate. And uh, I'd go down there every now and again. We'd go in to play the Dodgers and, and meet them out for a beer or two. I mean, I could see how somebody would like kind of hanging out there a little bit. Uh, I don't think it gets any better than Manhattan Beach. Can you imagine two L.A. Dodgers, two good-looking guys down in Manhattan Beach, the beach area, Redondo Beach, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach. Can you imagine the wool those guys were pulling? I mean, it would just be out of control. That's that's big league life right there, Todd. And what's nice about talking to you, you're such a big leaguer anyway that you've been to all these places. Nothing. I'm not. I throw you curveballs like your dad wouldn't know what the hell you know Manhattan Beach is. <laughs> he, he knows like Inglewood or Hawthorne. That's what he knows. <laughs> what? But, but last thing on this California, because I have to tell you, the one area I have not spent time in. And I've been all over California. I've been to some mm -hmm. of the most remote places you could ever go in your life. Uh, hippie towns along the coast hung out, you know, a couple days here, a couple days here, Northern California, whole nine yards, right? But the one area that I have not spent 80, any time in whatsoever is Newport Beach. Now, oh. now people tell me, that, you know, you can sing the praises from now until the end of time about Manhattan Beach and Hermosa Beach mm -hmm. and all these other places, even Hollywood and wherever you want, right? Palisades, uh, Santa Barbara. But, yeah. but I hear there's nowhere like Newport Beach, California. True or false? I, I, I almost bought a condo in Newport Beach a couple years ago. It was right on the dock, you know, where, the, you put, where you could put your boat. You know, you had boat slip right there. It had a pool. You overlooked like an intercoastal. And then in back of you, you could walk to your own, like, private beach. It's very, very nice. Captain Jack's, have you ever been to that restaurant? That, that's one of your dad's favorite restaurants. The best crab legs and lobster tails anywhere captain jackson it's right there in newport beach but you're exactly right seal beach san juan capistrano it's really nice as you go down south there's some great places in california the problem is tom you have to have fu money to live there if you have fu money then you're fine
like my mother-in-law who drives that Porsche, right? Well, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, if you're really the smart play would be is to start dating your mother-in-law. I mean, not you, obviously, but I'm saying if you're a guy out there, right? Because she's attractive. She's got a lot of cash. She likes living and getting out and going to dinner and movies and stuff like that, right? She would would be a really good catch. You know, she's only 10 years. She's only eight years older than me. And Danae's eight years younger than me. I mean, it's kind of, I'm kind of in the middle of the road. I could go either way, which is, which is really pretty disgusting now that I think it's about that. Yeah, I said that. It, it really is. It really is. Yeah. All right. Listen, we were talking before we get to the Reds. I don't know if you heard any of the talk when my dad was on here about you're a money guy. Yeah. And I'm being very serious when I say this and you know, Elliot made the point and you're just getting to know Elliot a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he said he doesn't think there's, you know, this isn't a moral question. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer here. But the young man who caught the home run uh, by Ellie De La Cruz last night, okay? Okay. That's him with all his buddies. He's a high school. That's him, Alex French. He's a high school kid, goes to Moeller High School, good athlete. I mean, tell by looking at him. Football player, you know, whole nine yards, right? Okay. He got the ball last night, and as they normally do, they, whatever team, ballpark, security brings him down underneath where the clubhouse is, um, and they say to him, hey, look, if you'll give this ball to Ellie De La Cruz in this case, uh, he's going to come down here, take pictures with you, give you a bat, give you a couple batting gloves, and give you a couple autographs. Okay, great. That's really, really nice. But we were sitting here having the debate. That ball has already been valued at $10,000. $10,000 already. Okay? And I was making the argument that there is no way for a picture and for a bat and an autograph and a couple of batting gloves that I'm giving up something that really doesn't belong to Ellie De La Cruz. He hit the ball, but he doesn't own the ball. He never owned the ball. He didn't own it the second it was shipped into Great American Ballpark. He didn't Mm -hmm. own it when it left Noah Syndergaard's right hand. He didn't own it when he hit it with his bat. And he didn't own it when it ended up in the stands out in right field. He bent over and picked it up. This kid. Yeah. What would you have done? Well, the value, it's funny you said $10,000. That's the bottom price for me. I would give up that ball for $25,000. And I'll tell you why, Tom. That Dela Cruz is going to be a Hall of Famer. That ball could be worth some money. I mean, that's his first major league home run. And to get a, a, a bat signed and take a picture, who in the who, who in the rat's ass gives a damn about that stuff? I want some. I want some cabbage. I want, I want some money. I want some Jack. I don't care. And, and I'd be What did your dad say? I'd be very curious. I know you're about the money too, Tom. How, how much would you give that ball up for? I want, I want you to hear what your good friend and mine, Paul Fritchner, had to say about this. Paul, please share. Say good morning to Mr. Jones. Hey, Tracy, how are you? How you doing, Paul? How you doing, so- Reed? So I was sitting there I was sitting there last night and I was thinking to myself what would actually matter in my life right now that I could get out of this that would be reasonable but not over the top. 
I think asking the Reds to fund my wedding at Great American Ballpark would be a reasonable ask. Up in the like club level to make it into a wedding venue, not to actually have the ceremony there. But hey, look, I'm struggling right yeah. now to find a wedding venue that we can afford. Let's have it there, at Great American Ballpark. I like that idea a lot. I, I think for you, Paul, that would be very reasonable. And there's some nice places throughout that ballpark in Savia. Boy, that probably cost you $20,000 to rent one of those places, I would think. So that's a great idea. Just kind of going back to that ball, what I would give it up for, the money, I wouldn't give it up. I'd keep it. I'd keep it. Because you know how those things increase in price. I mean, I, look, I El- Elliot, I, Elliot was pointing out today, Elliot, would you say that ball, the Aaron Judge ball, what's it worth? It went, it went for $1.5 million. $1.5 million in auction. Okay. His first first home run? No, 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 no. The ball he hit last year to break Roger Maris' oh, yeah, single yeah, season. Okay, yeah. so $1.5 million. Tracy, we're talking about in less than six months after he hit it. Okay, that's a value. What would the value I, of that ball be in six years from now, in 15 years from now, if that's still the record? If what you say about De La Cruz, and this is the argument I made, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I get – being a quote-unquote good guy and making sure that De La Cruz gets a ball. But I made reference, Tracy, a little while ago. Johnny Bench just sold a ton of his memorabilia because, I mean, what's he going to do with, you know, eight gold, 15 gold gloves sitting around his house, right? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just sold his championship rings and his MVP trophies. What's he going to do with that? He sold it for the cash. There's a very strong chance one day, young Mr. French, as I brought up earlier, is going to read that Ellie De La Cruz sold that ball for two and a right. half million dollars one day, and then what's he doing? He's trying to pay his mortgage every month as a 40-year-old. I mean, you make a great point. You know, it was interesting about Johnny Bench. He puts his, puts his stuff, stuff up for auction, and his buddy bought all the stuff yep. and then gave – the memorabilia back to Johnny, which I thought was pretty cool. Now, what I would have done if I was Johnny, I'd put it back up for sale, and then I'd be double dipping. See, always thinking about making more money, right? Now. <laughs> but I would not. I would hold on to that ball. I would not sell it, and I'd be done with it. And the hell with the good guy. You know, good guys finish last. You guys might want to write that down. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. <laughs> but I, I, I would not give it up. I wouldn't. But, boy, is he a good player. All right, well, that's what I want to get to now. Um, Look, we have been talking about – well, you know, let let me go back a minute because, you know, I asked my dad this, and he's been around longer than you have. He's a lot older than you are. But you were around, and, you you know, you used to hit – I don't know if I've ever brought this up or not. You know, back when when O'Neal and Larkin and Davis and all those guys, uh, you were in the lineup with all those guys in the minor leagues on the same team. And correct me if I'm wrong – but you used to hit third in the lineup on those teams. Is that right? I've never, I've never heard you say that, Tom, and I appreciate you saying it. I think we've almost been doing the show for 10, 11 months, and I think that's the 25th time you've mentioned it. But keep mentioning it because <laughs> it helps my credibility. It really does. I appreciate it, buddy. All right, but look, you played with what I'm getting at is you were playing with Eric Davis. You saw the tools. You saw, you know, everything about him, right? You you saw Larkin. You know, Davis wasn't a big high-round draft choice. Larkin was a first-round pick out of Michigan. Right. Okay, so, you know, um, and and, and then you've been here in town for debuts like – 
Homer Bailey, Aroldis Chapman, Jay Bruce, whatever it might be. But even right. with other teams, when you were coming up through the minor leagues, um, have you ever seen the hype around a player coming to the big leagues like we've seen the last 48 hours with De La Cruz? You know, it's legit hype. I told you guys I, I would watch videos of this guy, and I'm going, whoa. When I first started watching videos, I said, well, how good could he be? So then I'm watching, and I'm going, boy, he's got a great arm. Boy, he could really run. Oh, he's a switch hitter. Oh, there's a pitch right in his eyes, hammers it, right? Because left-handers, left-handed, usually they're low-ball hitters. No, this guy hit a ball right up in his eyes. Oh, then he can golf a home run, oppo taco. I mean, he just has so much talent, and you really get a chance to watch it. His speed is incredible. The only thing that I don't like about De La Cruz is I really don't like that Mr. T starter kit chains. He's got way too many chains, and I worry about him sliding head first, poking himself in the eyeball. I worry about that. I mean, you don't need that many chains, do you, Tom? Uh, no, you don't need them. But you know what? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what all the young people like now. So, you know, I'm all about making the young people happy, Tracy, just like you are. You're all about yeah. that. You know, whatever you want to do, you know, it's well, all good. Hey, let me throw something at you here that happened in the game yesterday or last night. Okay. Benson's walk-off home run. Any thoughts? Have you guys talked about that? How he stared, did the bat flip, yelling, screaming. I will tell you this, and I understand that, you know, people like to celebrate and show emotion, which is which is fine. But in my day, the next day, this day ball game they're about to play, he would have got one right in the back if he's in that line. There's I'm no question. You, There's no You doubt agree with about that, right? Yeah, well, I know that. It's not a matter of agreeing with it. You are spot on 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. But again, this is kind of a – not kind of. It's a very different age. And, right. and people, you know, handle – I just saw it for Vince and Tracy. And look, you, you know, anybody who's ever played baseball, they've had a terrible stretch like this young man had when he came to the big leagues this year. I mean, he was a former number one pick. He yes. read the stories. He actually thought about quitting, called his mom and dad. They talked him into giving it one more try. He starts this season. Uh, he can't do anything. He's striking out all the time. They send him back to the minors. They bring him back up. I think that was just so much pent-up frustration being released at one moment in time that might end up being the greatest moment of his major league career, for all we know. It, it, it might. After he hit that home run, I actually dug into his stats, and I'm thinking, wow, okay, I know he's a first-round draft pick, but that guy's done absolutely nothing. He didn't no. do anything in the minor leagues. No. He didn't do anything in the big leagues. And I'm just saying, can you imagine him doing that walk-off home run, flipping the bat, yelling, screaming, off, uh, let's say he hit off Steve Carlton. How about Mario Soto? What do you think Randy Johnson would do? How about Roger Clements? How about oh. Bob Gibson? I mean, it just goes on and on. Juan Marichal, Don Drysdale. But, you know, nowadays the players kind of let it slip. You know, just turn, their, turn the other cheek. But I did see some of those Dodger infielders when he was running around the bases. They kind of gave him a little bit of a stare down a little bit. I don't think they liked well, it. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I mean, that, you know, even though we just said a second ago that, that that kind of thing is kind of that people look the other way, you know, Kershaw came up when, they, when he first came up where they still weren't looking the other way. Um, and, and Kershaw's never been what people would call, you know, kind of a, that edge to him. 
I mean, Hall of Fame pitcher, no doubt about yeah. it. But that sort yeah. of edge of Ryan or Johnson or somebody, Clemens, like you're talking about. But look, this guy's a big-time competitor, and he is a big-time team guy. Uh, I would yeah. not be surprised to see somebody take one in the ribs today for the Reds. I'm not saying I hope it's going to happen by any yeah. means. But I would not be surprised with Kershaw on the mound. If you had a 24, 26, 27-year-old out there today, eh, nothing. Yeah. But this guy, eh, I wouldn't put it past him. Well, I don't think there's anything better in baseball than an all-out brawl. I mean, I can still remember the first time I saw the Angels going at it with the Oakland A's when Kim Brett hit somebody in the mound. You know, they charged. I think it, was, it wasn't it was Reggie Jackson. It's Bill North. Remember Billy North? I remember him well. Yeah, guy could run, and, you know, man. Yeah, I thought it was so exciting. You know something else, Tom? You know what's really different about baseball nowadays? And your dad and I were talking about it on, on Jones and Brenneman on baseball. Is the personalities of baseball players nowadays. They don't have personalities. Think about it. Think about a guy like Mike Trout. Do you know anything about him? I mean, no. he's kind of just I'm a great player. But, I mean, go back to when I played. Some of the guys. I mean, a Dave Parker. I wrote some names. To, Nolan Ryan. I'm watching a video. Head-to-head, -head, Nolan Ryan against Jose Canseco. Talk about some energy and some personalities there. I mean, Willie McCovey. Do you remember how Willie McCovey was? A lot of show. The Dodgers roll into town. You know, you got the Penguin. You got how Steve Garvey walks all st They just had personalities, and you knew the players. Nowadays, I don't know the players. They're no. all kind of recluses. They're kind of like Howard Hughes, a bunch of Howard Hughes recluses. Well, you know, it's it's interesting you say that because, you know, a lot of people have been critical about Mike Trout. Um, I mean, everybody loves a guy, Jersey mm -hmm. guy, kind of tells it like it is, whole nine yards, you know. But Major League Baseball went to him about two years ago. And they said, hey, we want to do all this marketing stuff with you because, you know, you are the face of Major League Baseball. Uh, and Trout says, no, nah, I'm not interested. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do whatever I got to do to be that guy. Now, that's his prerogative, and I'll never blame a guy for that. If, if it's something that they don't want to take the time out of their lives to go do, you know, God bless him. But somebody made the point, and I can't remember where it was, but somebody made the point that here you have a sport in baseball where you can actually see the players' faces. Right. Right. And right. in football, you have guys wearing helmets and face masks. Right? I mean – you don't see anything about it. You might see their eyes on some super close-up shot on Fox or something or whatever it might be, but you don't really see their faces, right? And that somebody was talking about when the Angels came to town a couple of years ago that Mike Trout could walk right down Vine Street in the middle of lunch yep. hour, right? From 3rd Street all the way through over the Rhine, and you might not find four people that have any idea who he is. You know, baseball players' personalities are a little different, and especially nowadays. I think they're scared of the media, scared of being out there. I mean, they're going to have a long career. You know, base, in football, you got to kind of make a splash because yeah. it's like three years and you're out. But baseball players are kind of nonchalant. They don't, like, they don't like all the notoriety, I don't think. But, you know, can you imagine Dave Parker walking down the street? You know, if you saw Eric Davis back in his playing days, what, the way he dressed, Yep. Really flamboyant, you would know, you know, that's that's a major league baseball player. That's Eric Davis. I just wish ball players showed more of a personality. They're just so low-key now. They're not out in public. You know, Tom, back when I was, and this is gonna surprise a lot of people watching, 
as soon as that game was over, I was running the streets. I was probably going to have five or six drinks, and then it was on to the strip bar. That's what we did. We'd get five or six guys. <laughs> hey, Tom, you know I'm telling the truth. Five or six guys. And uh, I've been there. Out. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah, you've been there. But we'd yeah. go out together and have a good time. Those guys, they just do their stuff alone. They're kind of loners. I asked uh, Jay Bruce one time in, a, in an interview I had on WLW, and being the kind of, I don't know, a little edgy, I asked Jay where he went as far as strip bars in Atlanta. Oh, jeez. They didn't like that. It was like, I'll occasionally go down and have one drink at the bar and then go back to my room. And I say it tongue-in-cheek, but... Players just don't go out. They can't. You get those cell phones, they get in a lot well, of trouble. And you got you got social media now, where a guy. Yes. I mean, really, you you know, it, it just it, it's like football players can't. I, I'm not saying they can't during the week. A lot of them will go out and do something on a Sunday night when they fly back into their towns, but they're in their city and whatever it might be. And generally, it's pretty confined group, is my understanding. Um, but a baseball player, you know, look, uh, if if you know, pick a quote-unquote quiet town, um, say Milwaukee, right? If oh. you're there on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, and I think Milwaukee's one of the best towns in the country to go out and just have a few beers and people are not going to bother you. But all it takes is one, right? It takes one guy to try to stir up something, you know, say a few things to you, get you on video sitting there, you know, mouthing off back to him, and the next thing you know, you know, you look like a clown. Right, and all you went to do was have a beer or two with your buddies. It's really a shame because it used to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's just players. I, I mean, sometimes we would go with five or six guys. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I don't think they do that at all. And I think players don't live on the edge like we used to live on the edge. We were pretty right. I mean, look at look at the uh, look at the Mets. Look at those players. They were they were on the edge. Good players too. But they went out and had a good time. And I think, you know, the 1990 team, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, they had some guys, you know, Dibble and Charlton, you know, were a lot of fun. So, yeah, it's just something that I read about and they do with basketball players. And this might be a good topic because I don't know. Get one of the nerdy uh, ham and eggers to dig this stuff up. You're too busy, Tom. But these non-disclosure agreements, like if you see, if you meet up with a baseball Annie, you know, that's not a slump buster. Does she have to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement? I mean, I, I said I read something where the basketball players do that. So if you hook up with them, you can't say anything about what you did. Are you familiar with this? I'm not. I've never. Yeah, it's the first time I've pop. ever heard of it. Yeah. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, though, right? Well, I mean, I mean you know. if I go work, wait a minute. If I go work for Oprah, I got to sign a a non-disclosure agreement. If I go work for Tom Cruise, you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. You can't just walk into the place. The maids all sign that kind of stuff. Because you really? see a lot. Yes. See, that, that's yeah. the kind of thing that you're in tune with, being with that sort of Hollywood-esque sort of crowd. I know you those people. would know them. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you grew up with those a lot of those people. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm from Hawthorne, you know, home of the Beach Boys and uh, just so many, so many celebrities. And, and Tracy Jones. Did I mention Tracy Jones from Hawthorne? 
Don't forget about Gary Coleman. Corrupt. The rappers from Hawthorne. Who? Corrupt. Do you guys know who Corrupt is? Yeah. Paul? No. Do you guys know who Corrupt is? <laughs> Unfamiliar. Not a clue. So, I, I was just talking about how Snoop Dogg's Doggy Style just came back on Spotify, and Corrupt is featured quite prevalently on Doggy Style by Snoop Dogg. That a boy, Reed. I'm so yeah. proud of you, Reed. Those other nerdy Tracy. dorks, they have no clue on anything. <laughs> you know, Snoop Dogg's from Long Beach. Yeah. Yes, he is. Well, yes, he is. They don't make good ballplayers in Long Beach, not like they do in Hawthorne. Well, I don't know. Long Beach State had uh, Longoria and Tilowinski one year, and then I think they had another shortstop third base combination in the big leagues with the Oakland A's. But they weren't, they weren't from Long Beach. Those guys were no. probably from Hawthorne. They probably came over from Hawthorne. And if you're wondering, corrupt <clears throat> is spelled with a K. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Westbrook. Westbrook, the basketball player. He's from Hawthorne. Marilyn Monroe lived in Hawthorne. Tracy Lords lived in Hawthorne. Oh, you guys don't know who Tracy Lords is. <laughs> oh, look at Tom. See, Tom, you, you are really up there. You've got... You really are one of those guys you dress real, but you know, you live on the edge. You know a lot of stuff. You are very well-rounded. Well you are a renaissance man, Tom Brenneman. You know a lot about a lot of stuff. That dark side of Tom Brenneman. Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, shine light into that dark side of Tom Brenneman. <laughs> yes, you, you know are. what I mean? And you're doing a good job. I'm yeah, trying I know to what shine the, the good Lord willing. <laughs> All right, Tracer, have a good weekend, my man. Great being with you as always. Have a good rest of your day. All right. Boys, I'll see you on Tuesday. All right. See you, Tracy. See you, Tracy. Corrupt. You learn something more every day. Corrupt with, with one of, a K. With one of the all-time great lines. Not very explicit. Can't say it on this air. Of course you can. <laughs> That's the problem. If if That's if, the problem. I mean, we can PG it. If corrupt gave a bleep about a bleep. He never he'd always be broke. That's why I don't care about women. You always be broke, Tom. Corrupt. Great line. Oh, my God. Hope the wife's not listening. Tracy takes some takes of this money. into the uh, right in the tank. Right in the tank. Straight in the all tank. Right. So we, we, have, we have some business to, to clean up here. We did get 100 likes on a stream, so we're going to do something that um, has certainly always gone well when we've done it in the past, <laughs> and that's have Reed – pie one of the other workers here at Chatterbox Sports. We won't use a frozen pie this time. This time we will have learned from our lesson and it will yeah, not that be that was a... not good. No, it was not. I've we... taken a pie in the face on television when I was doing the Reds games from Jeff Pecora. And I mean, you gotta make sure the damn thing's not frozen. Who didn't bother to check that? <laughs> That'd be me, Tom. You smashed Brandon Sayo right in the face. Damn near broke his nose. It's a better looking guy now. So Elliot's going to get it? He is. Why in the world? Oh, the mouse cop showed up. <laughs> Said another reason we want Reed fired. So that's going to happen. That's, gonna that's be good stuff. So thank you, everybody, for 100 likes today. Yeah, Sincerely. So, so that's tomorrow. I'm and not thanking him. <laughs> Nobody asked me. You I'm were not the one pubbing it. You I'm were not thanking him. You were pubbing it, Elliot. Yeah, but I didn't think they'd do it. 
<laughs> I didn't think they had the gumption, the fortitude. Those are famous last words. <laughs> I didn't think they'd do it. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to have to get, take a pie to the face by Reed. That's going to suck. Yeah, but it might be pretty good pie. Might be good pie. I will make sure it's bad pie. You got to get one from, like, Frisch's. Those are big, big pies. Hyde's here in Hamilton, Tom. What is it? Hyde's. Hyde's. Hyde's Restaurant. Okay. Best pies in town. Okay. And then the other order of business that we have is the UDF cherry on top, which I don't know how this is just being – I don't want to say swept under the radar, but th this could, like, very well be the lead story in sports, and it's just not gotten the pub that it should. Our guy, Colin Babowski from LaSalle, hit three holes in one on the same day. The big Babowski. He was the guest hitter, the celebrity hitter, at the Aston Oaks outing the other day. So he's the one that just sits there. If, yeah. you've, ever, if you've ever played in a golf outing, you have somebody that runs the hole that's part of the outing. So this must have been a LaSalle outing. Uh, or the VFW golf outing. So he was the celebrity hitter on a hole. He hit three holes in one from 145 yards on the same day. How is this not like the lead story somewhere? I agree because you, you brought this up, and I heard about it yesterday, but you brought it up this morning. Uh, and look, you guys are in that whole gambling thing. I mean, look, the, the, the way those things work, and you're, you're right. So – your group pulls up, yep. right? The, you know, yep. one hole is going to be for the longest drive. Mm -hmm. And they'll have some guy who just knocks the cover off of it. Another one, you get to a hole, this young man, and he's a guy, and you'll buy raffle tickets to see if you can get closer to the pin right. than him. You pay him to, to be on your team, essentially. Right. And so, I mean, if there's – Lord knows how many times, how many shots he hit. It doesn't matter how many shots he hit. It doesn't like, matter. Maybe he had 250 swings. I don't and he had three holes in one in one day. Okay? Did, I mean, what? Did anybody try to figure out what the odds would have been on that? Because uh. you can't do it where it's three holes in one in one round. Right? Because how many part threes? There's two part threes per nine on every yeah. course. Right? Generally. Generally. So there's four total. Generally. So you get four swings off the tee. Right? So you can't say that. But for this guy to do that, we got to get him on the show. Well, we are going to work on getting him on the show. I'm going to reach out to LaSalle today and see if he can come on the show. That is unbelievable. Three in one day. I don't care if it's the same hole. Tiger Woods couldn't do it. I, you, you, honest to God, there's a, there's a series that I love to watch. It's, it, I forget what channel does it? I think it's like the European golf tour. Mm -hmm. There's a channel that they will have a pro go out there and they'll hit 500 shots to a par three in a day. And they cut it down into like an eight minute YouTube video. It's a lot of fun to watch. They've had Rory do one where they hit it onto a one yard wide fairway and they give them like 500 shots to hit it onto a fairway. That's a yard wide. Well, they'll have it where they, somebody has all day to hit a hole in one. And these are professional golfers, guys, you would know. What is this on? It's, it's some YouTube. It's like okay. a European right. tour okay. YouTube okay. page or something. Okay. I have the odds, by the way. 12,500 to one for a PGA player to make a hole-in-one. It is 67 million to one to make multiple hole-in-ones, according to PGA.com. 67 million to one to make for two. For professional. For professional. professional. Yeah. To make two. He made three, and he's not a professional. He's a child. 
That's the most impressive thing maybe of all time. I mean, is it more impressive than Kim Jong-il shooting a 34 on the Pyongyang <laughs> golf course in 1994? I don't know. It's impressive, Tom. It's hard to swing, go all the way through around that boiler. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you were saying? I just can't get over this. I, I, was, watching the, I was watching the Reds postgame show last night, and I flicked off that channel, and I, I wound up on Charlie Clifford WLWT, and he was wrapping up the sports story, and it was the last story that he did. And I was, I was sitting there, I was going, wait, 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 hold on a second. Did I just hear that right? He had three holes in one on the same. Is it hole in ones, or is it holes in one? Holes in one. Okay, so he had three holes in one on the same day. I don't care that it was the same hole. You could give us a thousand shots over the course of a day. We wouldn't do that. No. Tom, you ever hit one? Uh, one. 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 Yeah. Where were you? Uh, Who were you playing uh, with? Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. It was an ugly hole in one. I mean, it wasn't like some beautiful. No, because it was like off to the left and it hits off the side of the the hill left of the the green Mm -hmm. and then rolls on down. So, I mean, it wasn't like a, you know, like you, you fly it, stick it, spin it back, or bounce in, or fly in. I mean, or even at the target. It wasn't that. Still went in. You Still went in. I, I hear you. I you hear still you. have the ball. Uh, no. I, I, there's some He's, plaque somewhere in my house. I don't know where it is. You sold it. You sold it. <laughs> I did. To L.E. De La Cruz. A couple he wasn't ball. even born yet. I, I, I sold nope. it to his family. Yeah. So, uh, it still counts, Everett. Thank you. All right, boys. Red's coming up uh, here shortly in about uh, 40 minutes. Not on Chatterbox, but coming up in about 40 minutes. Who knows? The way this whole uh, Bally thing is going, might end up on Chatterbox. Maybe. Maybe you guys were just getting warmed up on Miami and uh, softball and baseball. Darn right. right. Could you imagine? Us two. <laughs> what a call. Here we come. Ellie De La Cruz, 100th career home run. 203. He did. Billy Benson. Did he? Did he? He did. All right, boys. Thank you so much. Great job today. We'll see everybody, good Lord willing, tomorrow. Uh, We do know that uh, Jay Morrison will be joining us tomorrow from The Athletic. Talk about the Bengals and everything they have going on. Looking ahead to next week when it's mandatory everybody is here. Is Jonah going to show? Mandatory time. Uh, Red Legs against Clayton Kershaw coming up shortly. And we will see all of you Manana. Have a great rest of your Thursday.